Ruling by fiat, orders ending liberty, bills to tax rights, a president signing bills he has no idea what's inside, ordered by his VP in front of the press? Is anybody here seen our old friend John? All may not be lost, but it will be a fight. And the man on point is Dan Newman. You know what, I, I, I'm on point this morning, but I'm not sure mechanically TNN Live is on point. I'm so sorry. Something happened today that has never happened before in the history of this show. We run everything through iMac products, and I have an iMac, a big one sitting right here in front of me on the desk, and we program every show into it. Now, everything doesn't necessarily happen in this iMac, But all of the material to format a show is entered into it every day. We start our show preparation the night before. So when we go off the air today, throughout the day today, we'll be installing various elements that are going to be in tomorrow's show in this program. Now, everything's backed up. Uh, We're not that stupid. (laughs) But what we don't have control over is momentary defaults or problems that happen with electronics equipment. You know what I'm talking about. Computers are just things, folks. Um, They're not humans. They're not supposed to make mistakes, but sometimes they do. At seven minutes until airtime this morning, with nothing going on, this iMac just shut off. And then for the first time ever in my history of using Mac products, and I've done it for years, a little note comes up on the screen and says, your computer failed for a mechanical reason, either click any button now to reboot or wait and it will reboot on its own. So we were in the final stages of doing show prep. I'm just explaining why we were 11 minutes late this morning. Um, And the actual dialogue in the programs, the stories that we talk about, the data that we talk about, and of course, The sound bites that you hear, our commercials, um, you're going to hear from Vice President Kamala Harris a couple of times from President Biden from stuff he said yesterday in uh, that speech in Philadelphia. All of those are already put in this format on this iMac. And so when the computer went off, I immediately panicked. And of course, then I just had to say a prayer. My wife actually stood in the door of the studio and actually prayed to God to fix this thing so we could get back on the air. So we're here. Uh, we're going to find out through the show now how uh, how much we're here and what, if anything, is left um, as a problem. We did, however, as it disappeared, the chronological order of the stories that we we're going to bring to you today, it also disappeared. So during the show, during the breaks that we take, um, we'll be going back and grabbing uh, from the history some of the things that we were talking about. And you're not going to, after I shut my mouth now, you're not going to have any any idea at all that anything wrong happened. I, again, am so sorry. We're, We're above this. This is not normal. If you're one of our regulars, you know this is not a normal thing. And let's pray that it never becomes a normal thing. Anyway, here we are, hump day, midweek, July, second week of July. How's yours going? 
Ours going pretty good except for this little roadblock here. And of course, anytime you move, as you know, you've got all kinds of things still in boxes, uh, digging through trying to find things. I got up early this morning in the in the darkness of the morning and uh, was looking for some stuff to throw on to head over to a meeting I had at 6 a.m. And I literally did it in the dark and I almost thought I wasn't going to be able to find any clothes to put on. That's another story for another day. So let's get into it this morning. I guess the, the big things on the table are this voter regulation um, revision laws that are happening in multiple states, 13 of them now around the nation, and how the Democrats are weighing in on these Republican state legislatures that they have majority control in their government. They're doing revision election laws. And Democrats on the left, I've never seen them be so stuck so deliberate, so nasty, so angry, so hateful about these voter laws. Now, you've heard them. You know what we, the first one was Georgia, which just really set the world on fire. And then after that, Arizona. Now Texas. Texas is the 900-pound gorilla in the room. And there's a lot of noise coming out of Texas. As uh, you heard, of course, the uh, Republican legislature, the House of Representatives, um, they passed, once again, a comprehensive voter um, adjustment law, something to fix some of the irregularities, some of the problems in Texas voter laws. And folks, don't forget this. The Constitution makes all election processes nationwide the purview of the state legislatures. In other words, the federal government has no power to do anything within the law structures within any of the 50 states. They have no authority to do that. Of course, they want to change that with the HR1 slash S1 voter law that is pending or bill that is pending uh, to be taken up by the Senate. They've not been able to reach the majority that is necessary to do that. It's already passed in the House of Representatives. And if it does get signed into law, the government, the federal government, will control from Washington every aspect of our elections, top to bottom. Now, why is that so bad, Dan? Really simple. When you centralize power, look at what's happened to us in the last decade, folks. When you centralize power in Washington, D.C., and you give a smaller group of people more and more and more power over every aspect of our lives, how in any way can they be expected to make the right choices for every area of the lives of people that live in Southern California, the northern part of Maine, Seattle and Vancouver, Washington, and Key West, Florida, and every point in between? Life Challenges, everything is different from different parts of the country. We live in a vast geographical entity on Earth. And there's no way somebody in Washington, D.C. can get their arms and their brains around every part of the nation, every square foot of the nation, and all of the different adversity that people in these states face. That's why our forefathers said, Let's put it in the power of the local areas. 
to determine the government things. And so when later they decided to have a federal government, which many of our forefathers didn't want, for the primary reason that look at what we're facing now. They were facing it in England when they left in England and came over to the United States before it was a United States. It was just a vast wasteland at the time. So when they put the power of federal government and flipped the switch to make it happen, they notified anybody that was alive then that served in the federal government and for all of those people to come, here are the things that you cannot do without us giving you the power to do it. And elections were one of those things. The Democrat Party is going nuts to take that away from the American people, from the states, and put it in D.C. so they can manipulate, control, and they're screaming and hollering about the voter reform laws or bills that are being pending around the United States. But there's one thing, there's one thing that is missing that nobody is talking about, and it is universal. What is it? Not one time. Now, I'm not even going to say what it is. I'm going to let you listen to President Biden. As yesterday, he, uh, he broke it open in a speech in Philadelphia about the Voting Act that's pending. It's literally about who we are as Americans. It's that basic. I'm not preaching to you. An assault on who we are. Who we are as Americans. For make no mistake, he's just such a threat, literally. I've said it before. We're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole. Since the Civil War. The most significant threat to our democracy since the Civil War. He's not talking about communism. He's not talking about Islamist extremism. He's not talking about China and the threat, the physical threat China is to the world. He's not talking about Al-Qaeda. What's he talking about? He's talking about the reformation of elections and the processes around the nation. Now, nobody but an idiot would maintain that things haven't happened environmentally that dictate there has to be some change. Look what we just went through. The COVID-19 pandemic changed everything at the surface and structurally in the way we operate our lives and therefore the way Washington, D.C. and governing operates. I mean, it it just is. Anybody that says it's not is not being truthful. So included in that was we had to, at least temporarily, our state governments had to tweak the way this November election was handled because people couldn't get out like they had always gotten out on election day. And so they added some things. They added the mail-in voting to make it easier and safer for people to make sure they got their voting done. And then they added some uh, drop boxes, places where people could just drive by and put their ballots in the mail, in a mailbox, but it wasn't mail. They would stick it in those drop boxes and all those ballots would be picked up by election officials and then taken to a processing center. All of those things were really good. And there was some extended time given for voting. They extended times on the front end to get mail-in balloting done. But all of these were temporary. 
So then what has to happen? Well, these states each have individual election voting process laws in place. And some of these processes we just mentioned, some of these states wanted to make them permanent. So what do you have to do? Well, you go to your state legislature and the state legislature, who are the voices of the people they serve and who elect them to go to their various state capitals and do just that, craft new laws, Edit old laws, change as change needs to happen. And anytime any of those are non-constitutional, they end up being uh, appealed to courts. That's the process. And it works, folks. It works. But instead of doing and abiding by those laws, Democrats are deathly afraid of this voter reform. Now, why would they be afraid of voter reform? They're really not, folks. They're really not. They will not admit what their concern is all about. And let me just give you an example of what I'm talking about. Do you remember the noise that came out of the the Georgia voter law that was passed by both houses of the state legislature in Georgia, signed into law, And it was really a voter reform law. And what it did was cement the process, just in the way I I explained to you a few moments ago. But because the purpose for doing it was twofold, and every state legislature that's considering voting reform now are doing it in a twofold fashion. So what are the parts of that? One is to make sure that every voter who is legally able to vote in their states gets a chance to vote, that they take away any of the problems, any of the roadblocks that have in the past kept some away from voting, making it easier, extending hours of voting, even allowing during the weekend voting from time to time, expanding mail-in balloting. But the second part is what has the hair of every Democrat on fire to stop voter fraud. They have added integrity items into the process, both getting your ballot to vote if you want to do a mail-in ballot, then also the process of the collection of ballots, and then at the ballot control sites where all of the counting takes place, making sure there is no fraud being committed in any of those areas, making sure that everybody that can legally vote is able to vote, gets to vote, but then every legal vote is counted and no illegal votes are counted. Well, there's no fraud in voting in the election. Yeah, there's a little bit every now and then, Dan. Folks, at the first pass-through, officials in Georgia have found 11,000 votes were counted of people that were not eligible to cast those votes November 3rd. 11,000. That's the first pass-through. Now, what does that mean? Joe Biden won the whole state by 12,000 votes. 
And they haven't, that 11,000 didn't come from across the state. It came from one section of the state. How many more votes like that are there in Georgia? Well, you don't know there are more than that, Dan. No, we don't know that. But shouldn't you think if you're really an adherent to make sure that everybody gets to vote and everybody who is legally able to gets their vote counted, Anytime you accept one illegal ballot, you cancel the ballot that was cast legally from someone else. So what's wrong with verifying our processes working and not only making it okay for everybody to get to vote, but that nobody cheats? That is the point that Democrats don't even want to mention or talk about. And they are horrified that what's happening right now in Arizona and that is about to happen in Pennsylvania. It's happened in part of Michigan. It's happening in Texas. They are ferreting out the illegal processes that allow this to happen, the cheating in our voting system. Now, let me just turn the tide. If you don't believe that is good, if you don't believe that we should and that we have the legal right to ferret out any of the illegal voting that happens in our system, you're the problem. You're thinking that is the problem. And if you hear some noise, there's some construction work going on just outside our studios. It won't be here forever, but it's going to be here little bits and pieces going forward, and I apologize for that. So, the integrity of our voting system is what's at stake to make sure that everybody who should vote gets to vote and that nobody is prevented from voting that should be able to vote, but nobody is allowed to vote and cast any illegal ballots. And in the November 3rd election last year, folks, there were so many illegalities and unethical things that were unearthed and were exposed. And now these state legislatures are doing what they swore us to do when they took their oaths of office, which is to protect and to serve those that they represent. They're doing just that. A lot of people on the left don't like that. They really don't like it. And so the pushback is just being extraordinarily vicious and vile. So Kamala Harris, vice president, she took to the stand to straighten us all out about voting integrity and voter laws and exactly what it means. Here's Kamala Harris. I know you're waiting breathlessly to hear what she has to say. 1965, Democrats and Republicans stood for the, 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 the absolute American principle of all people having the right to vote and pass the Voting Rights Act. Pass the Voting Rights Act. The Democrats and Republicans got together. Well, Democrats have always painted themselves as being the party of um, the everyday common man and that they are the only party that has at heart the lives of the minorities in America. Did you know the 1965 Voting Acts? It couldn't get passed because enough Democrats wouldn't vote for it. They had a majority in both houses, the House and Senate. <laughs> they couldn't get it passed. Their party members in the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate voted against it, so they had to get Republicans. <laughs> 
they don't like you to talk about that. Vice President Harris, she didn't bother to mention that. What else happened? Well, it was a Republican, actually the first Republican, that took America to war to free slaves. Who was that? Abraham Lincoln. Oh, by the way, just so you don't forget this, who is the party? Who was the party of slavery? Southern Democrats. (laughs) Those uh, colonial uh, plantation owners, cotton plantation, the ones that were into that, let's bring these African-American, not American at that time, African, let's bring them over from Northern Africa and we'll just make them slaves and they'll have to work for us. In mass majority numbers, it was Southern Democrats. Southern Democrats, they were the party that fought not only about slavery in the Civil War, but in large part to preserve slavery. I always thought it was these hardcore Republican white guys that did that. Well, just remember this, folks. Do you know how many men gave their lives in the Civil War to end slavery? You know how many? 300,000. And guess what? Most of them were white guys. Almost all of them were white guys. And they fought to free slaves. On the other side, there was another several hundred thousand that gave their lives. And they were mostly white guys. And they were mostly Democrats to preserve slavery. How about that? A Republican led that. A Republican led the victory in the Civil War to free slaves. Oh, by the way, the Republican Party entered into legislation, wrote the bill, and passed the bill to give slaves citizenship, not Democrats. They voted against it. It was Republicans that voted to give black Americans the right to vote, not Democrats. They wouldn't do it. You don't hear anything about this. And nobody on the right, no Democrat is out there waving that flag. Maybe Republicans should do a little more of that. I'm just saying, history's trying to be rewritten. Everybody on the left wants to erase all of the history of their massive power grabs over all Americans through history. They They want everybody to forget about that. They want everybody to continue to think that they are the only ones that have hearts, that care for people, especially the minorities. Who started the Ku Klux Klan? Folks, the Democrat Party started the Ku Klux Klan. Who pushed back for integration? Joe Biden pushed back against integration. Did you know that? He famously said he did not want his kids to be going to school in a jungle, which really meant interpreted he didn't want his kids having to go to school side by side with black people. Democrats, folks. Same kind of thing is happening right now. Just because the state legislation 
that's passed, these bills that are passed and being considered right now, just because all they're doing is to make sure there's no voting and no fraud in these elections, the only thing they can call to try to get it stopped. They don't even talk about the, you know, let me just ask you this. What's in the Texas bill that is so racist? What is, what is in this bill that the House, the Republican House of Representatives in Texas already passed? What are the details that are so egregious that these Democrats would think it was so important that they would walk out of the, um, the Capitol when they were supposed to be there voting in this special session, get on charter jets, grab a bunch of beer, and fly to Washington, D.C. to meet with the president because they want, listen to this, they want him to do whatever it takes to destroy the filibuster in the Senate so this bill, S-1, this voter reform bill, can get over there and get passed so they wouldn't have to do their duty in Texas. They want the feds to come in to do it. What's in the bill? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, I'm going to give you the stuff, the specific stuff in the bill that none of them will talk about. And I think you know why they won't talk about it. Hi, I'm Jet Williams. Even though I never knew my father, Hank Williams, his legacy taught me the meaning of lending a helping hand. That's why I support the Orphan Foundation of America. OFA is committed to providing education, mentoring, and a workplace readiness for thousands of teens aging out of the foster care system. With the help of OFA's support programs, these young people can go to college and trade school, graduate, and make the leap from foster care to success. To learn how you can help, visit Orphan.org. Wendy's famous 4 for 4 is heating up with a new spicy crispy chicken sandwich. The queen of spice is delivering that spicy chicken you love with lettuce and mayo between two deliciously soft buns. And yes, in classic 4 for 4 fashion, you can get all that spicy goodness with spicy or crispy nuggets, fries, and a drink to cool off, all for just 4 bucks. Is it getting hot in here? Or did Wendy's just deliver the hottest deal in fast food? We got you. Offer includes four-piece nuggets, junior frying, value drink. Price participation may vary. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize your new project means new tools. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of craftsmen. Out for some lays and you face a test. Which tasty chip will be the best? Sour cream and onion, smoky barbecue. Cheddar, sour cream, salt, and vinegar, too. You sample them all, cause the crisp is so good on your lips. Yeah. You left your wallet at home, but now you have a new best friend. The many flavors of Lay's chips. One taste and you're in love. The Speaker of the House lies. The media swear to it. The President of the Senate obstructs. The media are all over the place, but totally divorced from the truth. So let's get back to navigating this Stygian River with, again, Dan Newman. I don't have any idea what the Stygian River is, but it sure sounds good when Pete Moss uses it. Hello, everyone. Again, if you uh, joined us late, you, 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 you tuned in on time and we weren't here 
mechanical difficulties, actually IT difficulties made us a little bit late this morning. Thank you. We're sorry. I don't think you've ever seen it happen. Maybe one time before in the history of this show, and it had to do with um, a severe weather situation. But all that being said, no excuses. We're sorry. We're not going to let it happen again. Now, I say that, and I'm trying to be grandiose when I say it. Sometimes there are things over which we have no control. And unless something that we absolutely can't even picture right now happens, it's not going to happen again. So let's dig back in. First of all, let me tell you, this segment, this is really critical. This segment, I want you to listen closely. With all of the craziness that's being spouted and has been, I mean, the Major League Baseball game was yanked out of Atlanta and moved to Denver, Colorado because of Senate law that was passed and signed into law in Georgia because it was so egregious. And according to Stacey Abrams, who lobbied Major League Baseball to do that, it was racist. And Major League Baseball certainly doesn't want to participate in a state that is a racist state and is egregiously attacking the minority voters in the state. MLB didn't even look at the bill. They just got hammered. And they bowed to Stacey Abrams and some other hardcore leftist Democrats, and they pulled it out of there. Well, they're pulling it out of there was racist because the people that stood to make the most money from Major League Baseball playing that game in Atlanta were all of the African-American businesses that encircled the area of that stadium. I'm talking about hotels and restaurants and shopping and restaurants and bars. You know what I'm talking about. Those were and are Atlanta businesses. Many of those are minority businesses. It's estimated that $100 million was lost to Atlanta and other Georgia companies because of Major League Baseball doing that. The city and the state they took the game to, the voting laws in Colorado are far more stringent than the new Georgia bill is, and in fact, it's far more restrictive, and it's harder to vote under the Colorado bill for minorities than it is on the Georgia bill. Nobody wants to talk about that. So the left doesn't want us to even get the facts. Don't you think if they were serious and they wanted to convince Americans, instead of just getting up and screaming and hollering, it's racist, it's voter suppression, show us what in each bill, what is in each one. Tell us what's racist, what's suppressive in each of them. Not one time, not one time have they done it. They have only one thing that they can point to, voter ID. Oh, that's racist. It's racist to make minorities get a voter ID. I mean, Kamala Harris, the vice president, she even said, think about it in rural areas. They're going to have to photocopy their driver's license, which if you got a driver's license, (laughs) just take it with you when you go to vote. But, They don't have a Kinko's, a FedEx Kinko's in these rural areas. How are they going to get it so they can give it to the registrar voters to make their vote count? Poll after poll after poll across America. 
a huge majority of the African-American community. When I say huge, more than 70% not only think that a requirement to have a voter ID to vote is good, but that the fact that all of these Democrats are out there and saying African-Americans can't go get voter ID, they're saying that is racist. So let me ask you this. Do you have any clue in that Senate Bill 1 in Texas that they're pushing back on what's in it that does it? Well, let me, let me just give, I'm going to give you the skinny. Under Senate Bill 1, a ban would be implemented on drive through voting or casting a ballot from inside a vehicle unless participating in curbside voting because of a disability. A ban would also be placed on overnight voting, requiring polls to be open a minimum of nine hours. Nine hours from between six in the morning and nine at night. What else? Election officials would also be required to install a video surveillance system that records vote counting activities with a live stream made available to the public in counties with 100,000 residents or more. Let's pause right there and let you hear what the president thinks about the Texas voter law, especially those elements I just mentioned. In Texas, for example, Republican-led state legislature wants to allow partisan poll watchers to intimidate voters and imperil and and impartial uh, poll workers. They want voters to dive further and be able to be in a position where they wonder who's watching them and intimidating them, to wait longer to vote, to drive a hell of a lot long, excuse me, a long way to get to vote. They want to make it so hard and inconvenient that they hope people don't vote at all. That's what this is about. Okay. You heard the president and his version, his interpretation, and you heard the facts. Install tracking software to monitor all input and activity on electronic devices used to count votes. Beginning of January 1st of 2024, equipment that does not disable or remove any wireless connectivity capability would be prohibited from use in tabulating votes. What's this coming from? We know factually in those five states where all the questionability of this November 3rd voting process happened, in every one of them, from the election machines, all of the election results were uploaded, went through the cloud, and went to some other place where they were supposedly counted. Why would you want to do that? Why would you do that if you already had the capability in your facility individually in the states to do that, what was the need for them to send them? You know where that you know where that data went? It's been proven beyond a reasonable doubt. Went to Europe. Now, does that automatically mean something bad happened? No, absolutely not. It doesn't mean that. But what it means is that opens a door for all kinds of things to happen. It's called security and in- integrity. Now, how is this going to change anything that for these uh, Texas voters. It really won't. And his saying, they don't know who's watching them. 
Look, (laughs) if you're not doing anything wrong, if you don't have any plans to do anything wrong, why would you worry about it? Walk into the poll, prove who you are with an ID, which you have to do when you go buy a beer if you look like you're younger than 18 years old or a package of cigarettes. You've got the ID already, folks. Everybody's got the ID, and it's racist for people to say that African Americans are unable. It's a sacrifice for them to get voter IDs. The bill would also allow partisan poll watchers to observe election activity inside polling places and vote counting centers, as well as during curbside voting that takes place inside a vehicle. And what's wrong with that? Just making sure that the people who are in the cars really are the people who are supposed to be casting these ballots. It didn't say you couldn't do it that way. It said on-site confirmation is mandatory. It would also make it a crime to deny access to a poll watcher, which happened again and again in Georgia. You saw it on the televised reports where they pushed these poll watchers out of the room and then all of a sudden they started pulling suitcases out from under cases, uh, under tables and processing votes that were in those suitcases. No explanation. Several of those people have been fired. Several have been arrested. Trying to stop that. Trying to stop that. In addition, voters would be required to include a driver's license number, or the last four digits of a social security number on a vote-by-mail application, and the envelope containing their ballot. That's racist. <laughs> That's voter suppression. Individuals who help voters cast their ballot. See, they're not saying you got to do all this yourself. You can have somebody help you. But individuals who help voters cast their ballot due to language or physical needs must fill out a document listing their name, address, relationship to the voter, and whether they're being paid by a candidate or political committee. In other words, it's voter harvesting, which is already illegal in multiple states. Texas is putting it in writing saying, look, you can go do this, but you've got to sign an affidavit if you're the voter that says, or if you're the people that are coming in to harvest ballots that you're not being paid to do it. And if you violate that, you're breaking the law. Those who drive three or more people to the polls would be required to fill out a similar form unless all vehicle occupants are family members. What else? Secretary of State will be required to work with the Department of Public Safety to provide data on a monthly basis from the existing statewide computerized voter registration list to be used for verification of citizenship status on voter registration applications. Now, unlike Senate Bill 7, the original voting bill that was killed by Democrats in the state legislature's regular session, this new bill, SB 1, does not include two controversial provisions. One would have created a process to make it easier to overturn election results based on claims of voter fraud. The other provision banned Sunday morning voting, which was popular among black churches, souls to the polls events during early voting in the 2020 presidential election. In other words, what they did, those two provisions in the original bill, 
were negatives to the Democrats. And they said, fine, we can strip those out. Still wasn't good enough for the Democrats to hang around and vote. So what's in the other bill, House Bill 3? Well, it includes many of the same provisions as the one we just talked about, SB1. In addition, it would make it a crime for public officials to offer or send vote-by-mail applications to those who haven't asked for one. Remember what happened in places like Las Vegas? We told you in the run-up to the November 3rd election, they were sending, the Secretary of State's office was sending out just massive volumes of mail-in ballots, and they had not purged their voter rolls in years, and you could drive by, and if you're familiar with Las Vegas, there are tons of massive volume of units in in apartment complexes and condominiums all around the greater Las Vegas area. You could drive down the street, you know how they have these universal uh, mailbox, I guess you call them units, multiple units, where there are hundreds of mailboxes there. Well, these ballots wouldn't fit in those small mailboxes laying on the ground, laying on the ground. They were addressed to specific people, but others were able to pick up and mass those ballots and then go cheat and fill them out sign them with somebody's name without proving who they were. I don't know if that happened to a large degree. But folks, let me ask you this. Isn't it smarter to make preparations in advance to ensure that the process is fair, safe, and legal rather than just trust that thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of ballots just laying around weren't being used fraudulently. The proposals come as Texas looks to join more than 15 other states where Republicans who control the state governments have passed laws tightening voting access rules. The push follows a bunch of unsubstantiated claims from President Don Donald Trump that the 2020 election was stolen and rigged And you know why they are unsubstantiated? Because Democrats have clamped down and they don't want the light of truth to be shined on the process, as they call it, the big lie. Besides this election bill, other issues on the docket of um, the Senate in Texas, bail overhaul, border security, social media censorship, legislative branch funding, family violence prevention, limiting transgender student access to school sports, abortion-inducing drugs, additional payments for retired Texas teachers, critical race theory, and budgetary issues. Meanwhile, Democrats from Texas, they're in Washington, D.C. on taxpayer dollars. They flew up there in chartered jets at taxpayer dollars, full of beer at taxpayer dollars, and they're talking to President Joe instead of doing the work for the people of Texas. Now, let's end this segment by my doing this, which I've done before. Anybody, any of you that are listening, if you haven't already and you really want to know the truth, remember, we encourage you to go find facts for yourself, and we sometimes tell you where to go to find them. If you think that any of these election laws are racist or voter suppression measures, grab them, get them 
off the internet. You can get the actual voter law that was passed and signed into law in Georgia. You can download it. It's public record. You can do the same thing with the Texas bill that's being considered right now. Get them. Mark them up. These are the parts that are voter suppression. And call me. Call me. Or if you want to, if you don't want to come live on the air, I get it. Sometimes that can be a little intimidating. I don't have any problem with that. I understand it. Write an opinion piece and address it, whatever your thoughts are, and just include the sections of the law that you're talking about. And you don't even have to put those in there. Just put the the section in the bill and the paragraph number. And tell us the specific things in any of these bills and the Georgia law that you say or racist, or our voter suppression. One of the conundrums about this entire thing, how long in advance of an election can you vote in President Biden's home state, Delaware? Early voting. You know, I mean, if you don't do that, that's voter suppression because people can't always, on election day, they can't get off their job. You know, they have kids, they have child care, they got to work out of town. Surely they get to vote in advance. You can't vote one day in advance in President Biden's state. So, in his words, (laughs) that's voter suppression. (laughs) And it's racist. But it's okay. You know why it's okay? Delaware is what? Come on now, folks. Delaware is a Democrat state. And it's the home of Sleepy Joe. And he wouldn't have anything to do with any voter suppression. He was a delightful parent when his kids went to schools in which there were African-American students. You know, that jungle thing. That's not racist, though. That's okay. He's a Democrat. Classical conservatism. Contemporary style. TNN. The Truth News Network. See the bold new expression of sporty style. Hear the amazing quietness of a truly luxurious cabin. Feel the exceptional horsepower and amazing torque. And experience greater acceleration than ever before. Behold, the most powerful sedan in its class. The new Toyota Camry. Real power, absolute performance. Discover the new Camry at toyota.com.my. Welcome aboard Pizza Hut, where our legendary pan and stuffed crust pizzas will fly you to a world of flavors. Taste an all-American pizza sauce, juicy pepperoni, and farm-fresh mozzarella to discover America's mega pepperoni. Or explore the creamy pesto sauce. Chicken and mushroom is in the French creamy chicken mushroom. Fly far above the rest in taste and variety with five new pizzas. And thank you for flying Pizza Hut. Disruptive may be just another overused buzzword, but disruptions in business like network downtime, data loss, social media abuse, and limited bandwidth are downright disruptive. For businesses large or small, Barracuda Networks offers powerful, affordable, yet easy-to-implement content security, application delivery, and data protection solutions, all designed to prevent disruptions and simplify IT. For an online demo or to try any of our security or storage solutions risk-free for 30 days, visit barracuda.com disruptive.
me ask you this. Do you do you like Greg Gutfeld? Greg Gutfeld, he's on the five on the Fox News channel every afternoon, but he's got a late night show. He's a comedian by trade. I don't know if you knew that. In fact, I didn't know it for a long time. Um, he's a funny guy, and he's got a great personality. And yeah, he's a conservative, but he leans a little bit on the left side of the uh, conservative spectrum. But he's hilarious. But let me tell you what, he got really, really serious last night. He was a little ticked off at uh, what the president had to say in Philadelphia. He blasted Biden and he called the president, this is a quote, a pathological, shameless liar after the commander-in-chief injected race into that Philadelphia speech about election laws as those Texas State Democrat lawmakers flew to D.C. He was in Old City. Speaking in Old City, Biden claimed the proponents of election security around the nation are engaging in a, quote, this is the president's term, 21st century Jim Crow assault. It's unrelenting. It's unrelenting, and we're going to challenge it vigorously, he said. Are you on the side of truth or lies? Stand up for God's sake and help prevent this concerted effort to undermine our election. So you just heard some other segments of that by the president. I mean, he was all over the place. I'm surprised he got through the speech. He's such a great speaker. On Sona 5, Gutfeld said he was upset. He is a pathological, shameless liar, he said, talking about the president. He ran and promised he was a unifier. All he does now is bank on racial discontent. He's comparing this bill to the KKK and Jim Crow. All he does is foment racial conflict. In his speech, Biden said 17 states have enacted 28 new laws to make it harder for Americans to vote. Well, Gutfeld said Biden believes he's making a moral case for voting rights as if such rights don't exist. Every American has the right to vote, Gutfeld said, except the left's favored voting blocks, which are felons, illegal immigrants, and the dead. The only one true possibility of a zombie uprising is because the corpses found out they voted for Joe Biden. The only Republicans they know of are evil. He added that Biden joins a long line of Democratic figures who have made it customary to label any political opponent either racist or extremist. He said President Reagan had been compared to Adolf Hitler, while George W. Bush and the late Senator John McCain were dubbed warmongers. Biden himself, Gutfeld said, previously also claimed during a 2012 event near Martinsville, Virginia, that Mitt Romney, who was then the GOP nominee to run against Barack Obama in his second term, would put the attendees of color back in change with Romney's fiscal policy platform. I never understood that. I mean, it's a famous soundbite, one of many that Joe Biden has. Then we're supposed to get the biggest, greatest existential risk in history out of Donald Trump. And now that's a lie because he's gone, Gutfeld said. And now this is a bigger existential risk than Donald Trump. This is the worst thing since the Civil War. Gutfeld said he's thinking that they're beginning to exaggerate. 
this this thing, it just, every time stuff like this comes into the marketplace and all Americans get to see it, how many times do you think any that listened and watched that speech yesterday that Biden gave, how many times during the speech did they go, huh? What's he talking? What, what, what is he referencing? And those of us that are a little further to the right than maybe some of those folks said, what is he drinking? And then just give us the facts, folks. When you get up in front of a national camera, if you really are trying to do the good thing, the right thing, the legal thing, about this or any other issue, if you're firmly, fervently for or against something, bring the facts along with you that justify and give status, give a foundation to what you're saying instead of just screaming. You heard him in that first segment. It's like, I'm going to get as loud as I can get. (laughs) Well, if you don't have any facts behind you, you just have to talk louder to try to get people to believe your lies. That's exactly what this is all about. Let me tell you what, Biden is doing a really good job in some areas. He really is. I mean that sincerely. You probably don't know what I'm about to tell you because mainstream media is not going to tell you this. Did you know that since he's become president already, Biden, not Congress, not legislatively, Biden has now canceled $3 billion of student loan debt. $3 billion. I bet you didn't know that. $2.8 billion to be exact. He canceled $1 billion of student loans for 72,000 student loan borrowers. There's no information in the marketplace that tells us who those 72,000 are and on what basis he decided to cancel their debt. But he wasn't through. He canceled another $1.3 billion of student loans for 41,000 borrowers that have total and permanent disability. Of course, they had those total and permanent disabilities when they applied for those loans. And the institution that gave them those loans knew all of that. So Biden, the magnanimous man in the White House, he waved his magic wand. Oh, wait a minute. He pulled out a cell phone and had his pen, and he made some phone calls and got them canceled. He granted student loan relief for 1.1 million student loan borrowers who defaulted on their loans. Yesterday, he canceled half a billion more of student loan debt for 18,000 student loan borrowers under the borrower defense to student loan repayment rule. Now listen, supporters of these loan cancellations have been divided on Biden's actions to cancel these loans. Some have cheered Biden's agenda to enact student loan cancellation. In just five months, he moved to cancel student loans for more than a million student loan borrowers. I guess the number one thing that blows my mind about this is this is not something that happens in a representative republic, folks. Nobody is supposed to have 
the autocracy and the ability to just cancel government programs or to cancel private individuals' loans at the cost of the federal government and the American people. Somebody needs to stand up and call him what he is based on what he's doing. Guess who that would be like? Adolf Hitler. Hmm. How many times did you hear him, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, call Donald Trump a dictator? Oh, oh, this is no autocracy. The Congress, the people's the people's branch. We're the ones that are supposed to handle all these financial matters. Biden's crew, what they see, and I can tell you it's orchestrated, if not totally, but in large part, by Barack Obama from around the corner from the White House where he lives in Washington. He's schooling his former VP and giving him the tidbits of things he can throw out there and get away with that feed the totalitarian causes that those on the left have been pushing for and hoping for, their utopia. Forget about the American people. It's just what they want. So he's spending taxpayer dollars like they print it, which is literally what they do. And nobody's saying a thing. What would have happened if Donald Trump had done any of this? What would have happened? The first big thing Barack Obama did when he was elected and he took the White House office in January of 2009, the very first thing he did was that Shovel Ready's job bill, about a trillion dollars. He went out and passed out those hundreds of millions and billions of dollars to his buddies, Solyndra, all kinds of fake energy, green energy companies. Half of it disappeared. Half of the taxpayer money, $500 million, just gone. Never repaid. Nobody went to jail. Nobody paid any price for it. And then later when he was talking about it in a round forum, he actually laughed and he said, (laughs) I guess those shovel-ready jobs weren't really shovel-ready after all. No big deal to him. It was taxpayer money. You want to switch gears here? Let's do that real quickly. This one, just it's kind of mind-boggling. Counselors over down under at a leading Australian mother's support group, you know those groups they put together for young mothers, teaching them how to handle babies, the new atmosphere, the changes, obviously physically handling brand new babies. Well, at this support group, Counselors have alleged that they're being forced into assisting transgender women and gay men in their chest-feeding journeys. The Australian Breastfeeding Association, that's the name of it, they allegedly suspended seven of these counselors after other volunteers made complaints of bullying and harassment over the counselors using the term mother on this association's Facebook page. One of the suspended counselors named Sue, doesn't have to be a woman, you know, Johnny Johnny Cash 
He was a boy named Sue. Well, Sue told the Daily Mail Australia, we are only trained to provide peer support for mothers, not gay men, trans men, queer people, agender, or asexual people. They're coming up with new names that even I've not heard. Sue, who was with the organization for over a decade, she said that she and many of her colleagues are uncomfortable giving these services to biological males or trans women. We don't consent to provide that support. We're experts in mother-to-mother breastfeeding. We have no skills in assisting in affirming men in their experimental attempts to breastfeed. This is real. (laughs) This is really happening. Sue went on to claim that in November, counselors were told that they should consider using inclusive language, sparking fears that this group would attempt to erase language around motherhood. Then we were told we'd continue to use our mother-to-mother language, but would provide tailored information and support for the, here we go, folks, LGBTIQ plus families. I don't even know what the I stands for. I know what the Q stands for, and it's not queer. I found that out the hard way. It's questioning. Then when we were told our concerns about providing counselor support for men was inaccurate, misleading, and wrong. So a spokesman denied those accusations. Of course, you would expect that to happen, saying this, we will not be erasing sexed language such as mother or mom or mothering from our vocabulary. We have no plans to adopt the use of the language such as chest feeding rather than breastfeeding more generally within the association. But here comes the whistleblower, another one, revealed that the counselors have been subjected to five new training videos produced by the LGBT charity Rainbow Families and that courses on chest feeding and human milk feeding are to begin later this month. In the video, Sue claims the counselors are told when answering phone calls, they should not assume that it's a mother and instead should refer the caller as a pregnant parent or a chest-feeding parent. I got to stop. If you're listening, you're probably laughing your head off. Chest-feeding parent. Throw out the obvious part of that, a woman breastfeeding. I get that. That is chest feeding. But would somebody let me know how a biological male can chest feed a kid? (laughs) I mean, I'm just saying. In fact, call me. 866-378-7884. I want to know how. It is funny. I started to say it's not funny. It is funny. The left push against motherhood is extended throughout all of Australia of late, with the Brighton and Sussex University hospitals of the UK's National Health Service announcing that midwives should use more inclusive language such as pregnant women and people. Oh my gosh, people. Is there any people besides a woman that can get pregnant? That's enough of this. I just thought it was, um, I thought it was curious. (laughs) I don't know a better way to say it. And I'm getting tickled a little bit here this morning, folks, but sometimes you just got to laugh or you'll cry. People really 
play into this? Don't they have anything serious in their lives to deal with? I mean, I'm not denigrating or diminishing anybody's issues because obviously people in this mode, they've got problems. They have real issues and they need to handle them, but you don't handle them by instead of confronting them, you come up with excuses to make these things be legitimate, try to legitimize them when objectively it's impossible. Men can't get pregnant. Men can't breastfeed. Chest feeding is not breastfeeding. And there's a whole lot more to that than we know. Well, what's happening to those Democrats that fled Austin on that charter jet up in D.C.? What's awaiting them when they come home? That and a whole lot more. Don't go. A divorce lawyer should be more than just a lawyer. Divorce is like no other experience, especially for guys. At Cordell and Cordell, our clients want a partner standing next to them. Someone they can trust. Someone who understands where they are and how to get them out. We are the attorneys of Cordell and Cordell. We are advisors and advocates for men before, during, and after divorce. We are Cordell and Cordell. A partner men can count on. To schedule your appointment, give us a call or visit us online at CordellCordell.com. We're here asking people from all over what they think of lifting green tea. Let's hear what people from Texas have to say. Mm-mm. How about China? Mm. Germany? Mm. How about people from the North Pole? Mm. Or Mars? <laughs> it, what about mimes? Oh, right. People with their jaws wired shut? Oh. Yeah, a barbershop quartet. Mm. Mm. Oh, you guys are great. How about race car drivers? Mm. Mm. Yeah, what about you, high school glee club, here on a field trip? Well, that settles it. It sounds like everyone loves the taste of Lipton green tea. With its protective antioxidants from real tea, it's not just good for you, it's mmm to you. Lipton Tea can do that. The advanced surgeons at the Center for Innovative GYN Care look beyond quick fixes like birth control to help their patients find the best treatment options for complex GYN conditions. My name is Sakina, and I had the CIGC groundbreaking minimally invasive hysterectomy. I got back to my life in a week with only two small incisions and minimal scarring. Discover the CIGC difference with offices in Midtown Manhattan and Montclair, New Jersey. Telemedicine appointments are also available. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. In a world of weapons-grade stupidity, your defense is the truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. So those Democrats in the Texas Senate, they took a little field trip took off and went to Washington, D.C., so they would not be able to have a vote in the Texas legislature for this new voter revision law, irregularity law, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so Governor Abbott, boy, he got absolutely toasted about it. And he made some, some things very clear to all those people. He said, first of all, his power within his power is to continue to call special special sessions of the legislature at his own whim. And he said he would continue to do that one after another all the way up through the 2022 election 
until the Democrats come back and do what they promised they were going to do to the voters of Texas when they were elected. And so in the wake of that, a bill was presented in the House of Representatives down in Texas to hold those Democrats legally liable for skipping town. Hmm. So there's something the governor can do. And let me tell you, the governor of Texas has already done it. Let me pull this other thing up real quickly um, because I want to get the verbiage exactly right. He threatened them all. He threatened them over national television, as a matter of fact, and told them he was going to see to it they paid a price. Abbott's a Republican. He said that the House Speaker's office has the power to arrest the lawmakers and that he was going to continue to call. And so guess what the House did? Yesterday, they voted to arrest every one of these Democrats when they land coming back to Austin to arrest them. Everybody who has a job must show up to do that job, just like your viewers. This is Abbott speaking to a television station, just like your viewers watching right now. State representatives have that same responsibility. So he said that when the House convened yesterday, if there wasn't a quorum, which there wasn't, any House member can make a call for a quorum to consider a bill, a resolution, or a motion according to the House rules. The motion then has to be supported by 15 members and ordered by a majority vote. If the motion is supported, the missing Democrats will then become essentially fugitives. But one Texas Democrat, Jasmine Crockett, said the governor cannot arrest her because she hasn't committed a crime. I don't worry. Probably I know the law as well. And the governor knows the law as well. I'm a criminal defense attorney, and so I understand that I've not committed a crime, so I can't get arrested. She further added that the most that can happen is that we can be detained, which is why we got out of the state. The governor of Texas has no jurisdiction outside of the state of Texas, along with the Texas Department of Public Safety. Listen, folks, this is the example that best proves the lunacy of the left. I mean, come on. The process of lawmaking in the nation, in all 50 states and at the federal level, is people who have different opinions about any issue. Somebody floats an idea. It's called a bill. They present an idea, that bill, to be considered by everybody, no matter party affiliation, no matter your opinion. But you put it on the floor, you, com- you, you, you communicate with each other, you debate it, you come up with the things that are agreeable, the things that are disagreeable. Amendments are proposed and debated, and these things are changed, amended. Maybe they never get done. But the end result, folks, is the will of the people. The people elect these representatives to go to the various state capitals and legislate, representing them. In Washington, D.C., those lawmakers there use the same process exactly as the state legislatures to take pieces of the opinions of those who are members that are elected by the voters in their various states and districts to represent them at the federal level. And the same process is done. 
just because you disagree with the piece of legislation, you don't have any authority to walk away. You don't. You're going against the will of the people that voted for you to go there and represent them. There can be no good outcome. Listen, there can be no good outcome. And I thought they keep preaching to us, this is a democracy. Well, it's not. Do you know that? We don't live in a democracy. We live in a representative republic. Big difference. In a pure democracy, that would mean every voter, every person who is a citizen and through the legal process in that country is a voter, has a right to vote. Every person votes on every issue. Nobody has any power or authority to represent anyone else in that scenario. That's what a democracy is. Our nation is founded on democratic concepts, which is basically government of, government by, and government for the people. Our forefathers created a representative democracy or a representative republic, which we in this process elect people to go to our state houses to represent us on state issues and to vote there on our behalf. The same process happens on those that we vote for and choose to go to Washington and represent us there and vote for us on our behalf. These idiots in the Democrat Party in the Senate over there, they are thwarting, thwarting, T-H-W-A-R-T-D, thwarting the constitutional structure of governing. And I got to be honest with you, if I'm, in, if I'm in Texas, I'm for kicking them out. Recall them. Get rid of them. I don't care if it was a Republican doing the same thing. It's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. And so we'll follow this story. We'll keep you posted on what happens. Of course, if they get arrested or detained or whatever you want to call it, It'll be national news. Let's segue over into the other 900-pound gorilla in the room. There are two of them now. We've, we've dealt with one. The second one is COVID-19 as it pertains to us today. So what's the latest greatest? Well, I, 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 I want to bring this one up and tell you about this guy. You know who Rob Schneider is? One of the funniest comedian actors that I've ever known. He was in Waterboy, but I think he's best known in 50 First Dates. It was a great movie, a really good comedy, drama, centered in Hawaii. It's really, really cute if you never got it. If you haven't seen it, you ought to go see it. But he's he's an actor. And so he did something that's very unusual for anybody in Hollywood. He told his nearly one million Twitter followers to reject the coronavirus vaccine. Just say no and keep saying no, he said. Over half of the U.S. is continuing to say no to this unapproved experimental gene therapy. This is my body, my choice. So his big movies, he was in the Beverly Hillbillies uh, on Saturday Night Live a lot. He slammed the Biden administration for this door-to-door to seek out those who are still unvaccinated process. Schneider said, our government has told us they plan on going to our front door with this. They have lied, had a two-year fear campaign in lockdown, destroyed middle-class household incomes, bankrupted untold thousands of businesses, 
and are now putting children's lives at risk. He urged everybody to exercise their Second Amendment rights, too. Many vocal Hollywood actors hold liberal views and adopt a more left-leaning view on politics to promote vaccines, open borders, hate speech against former President Trump, plus any conservative. But it's increasingly harder to find an actor like Rob Schneider, who openly is willing to criticize the Democratic administration. Many of his Schneider's followers seemed to be shocked and even angered after reading his remarks. They criticized him as crazy, and some even wished he would catch the virus himself. I don't feel that way. I have a huge amount of respect for him just simply because here's one guy that bucked buck those who in, in power are directing what anybody and everybody should feel about one or two or three or four or a dozen or two dozen issues. And if you raise a thought otherwise, you're considered to be an idiot, to be crazy as that one Twitter responder was about him, Rob Schneider. And folks, every day, this gets to be more and more and more like things that have happened throughout history in other countries, in other political formats in places kind of like that island 90 miles south of Miami, Cuba. We're not going to dig into the Cuban crisis this morning, but let me just say this. Cubans aren't safe in their own country. They haven't been since the communist takeover by Castro back in the early 60s. It's a totalitarian nation. I mean, the final straw was when they were allocating food to the Cuban people and they allocated five eggs allowed per person, per family, per week. That was the only number of eggs you're allowed to get. Think about living in that kind of society. And yet we have the likes of AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, Cory Bush, all of these people in Congress. Oh, by the way, let's throw Bernie Sanders in there. Bernie Sanders, Sa- Bernie Sanders glorified Fidel Castro and communism. He called he Bernie Sanders called it socialist Cuba, but it's communism. Not one of them will come out and talk about this. And when it was brought up in a White House briefing, Jen Psaki, she said that these. Cuban people that are screaming in the street, they're begging for free access to free COVID-19 vaccinations. And if, if you listen, if you can speak Spanish, or if you just record it and do, use one of these uh, language transfer interpretation software pieces, you hear them crying about they're tired of having to fight for food. They're tired of not being able to do anything, go anywhere. They can't get good jobs. The government steals everything. None of these sycophants in Congress, these hard leftists, will even talk about it. Why is that? Because they're being exposed. Now, I've said that. That's for free. We're talking about COVID-19. In my state now, Louisiana, we brought you a story last week that nobody, I didn't hear anybody else but us report on it. In southeast Louisiana, 
which is the, by far, most percentage-wise vaccinated part of our state. Statewide, only 31% of our citizens have been vaccinated through last week. But in southeast Louisiana, it's over 70%. So guess what began to happen? Two Friday nights ago, in a 24-hour period, 600 people were diagnosed COVID positive. Most of those people had already been vaccinated. You don't hear that report. That was 600. And it just keeps going on and on and on. We're watching closely. Louisiana health officials reported 631 more confirmed cases and four more deaths over last Monday and Tuesday. This is crazy. 64% rise in cases last week. And these news stories from these radio, TV stations, and newspapers in southeast Louisiana, they're not telling you the facts are that a lot of these people have been vaccinated and they're getting the Delta variant. They're getting the Delta variant. So the experts, they don't want to talk about the high percentage of the vaccinated, already vaccinated people that are getting the Delta variant, which is much more contagious. They're not even talking about that. They don't want Americans to know that. They're trying to continue to spew their their fear and their instructions to us that you're going to die, you're going to die. If you haven't been vaccinated, you're stupid, you're ill-prepared, and you're going to die. Look what's happening. This Delta variant's out there, and it's killing more and more people. That's the spiel. Even in my state, folks, in my state, the news media are sharing the same thing. We just have access to the real facts through the medical community in our state. And it's sad to me, and it almost makes me fearful that everybody's not reporting these things. It's being kept hidden from the American people, which, by the way, is another example of how it happens in these Cuba, Russia, communist China nations, totalitarian nations, where the government controls everything, including what people are told and what they can't be told. And then there's the small guy, (laughs) Anthony, Anthony, Dr. Fauci. So he got blasted yesterday. What did he get blasted for this day? He gets blasted every day, but this time he said kids as young as three should continue to wear masks to protect against the coronavirus. Now, there is a 99.96% even if they get coronavirus, three-year-old kids won't die from it. And let me ask you this, Anthony. Have you ever tried to keep a three-year-old kid in a mask? You can't even keep their pants on or their shirts on, yet alone a stinking mask that keeps them from breathing freely. Well, in MSNBC's Andrea Mitchell asked Fauci about the spread of the Delta variant and what that means for unvaccinated minors. He said they and their parents should follow federal health advice. Well, when you do that, we all know that every other day it changes, and it depends on which place gives the advice. Is it the CDC? Is it the uh, the WHO? Is it Anthony Fauci? They don't all, very seldom, in fact, do any of them fall in line. 
In its guidelines for safety to open up K-12 schools this fall, the CDC says masks should be worn indoors by all individuals age two and older who are not fully vaccinated. Folks, there's no science that supports that. There's none. There is none. Somebody pulled that out of their you-know-where and threw it out there just simply because we've got to keep telling them what to do and how to keep from getting sick and dying. We can't let them look around and draw from the facts in their world from which they can see that we're not telling them the truth. Focus on me. Look at me, Fauci says. Listen to me. Unvaccinated kids of a certain age greater than two should be wearing masks, Fauci said. No doubt about that. That's the way to protect them from getting infected. Because if they do, of course, they can then spread the infection to somebody else. He said that yesterday. Is that the most idiotic, lunatic thing that you've ever heard come out of a Fauci mouth? Listen to how denigrating that sounds. That's the way to protect them from getting infected because if they do, well, they can then spread the infection to somebody else. Anybody, even asymptomatic people, can spread not just that disease, but any disease to other people. Let me just say this. If Anthony believes that it's really truthful for him to say that these three-year-olds are in danger for themselves and would be a danger to someone else. If he really believes that, he would not be talking about masks. I have no idea if he's got kids or grandkids. I assume that he does. But if he does, he knows you can't keep a mask on a three-year-old kid. It's impossible. So come up with an alternative if it's a life or death situation, which you say it is, Fauci. He's routinely advocated for tons of strict health measures throughout the entire pandemic. Critics have really been frustrated with his calls to mask up children who are statistically at a far smaller risk from getting the disease or growing seriously ill from the disease. CDC data, which he should know, he's at the top of that organization, shows of the nearly 600,000 deaths that are attributed to COVID-19 since 2020. Only 300, or about 1 in 2,000, occurred among those ages 0 to 17. Almost every one of them, almost without exception. Over 300 of those 331 that are between the ages of 0 to 17, 300 of them had comorbidity issues, serious illness. In addition to the lower-risk children face of getting or spreading the virus, some studies show mask-wearing for youngsters can even be harmful to them, with parents claiming their kids are suffering headaches, irritability, and difficulty in concentrating. We're going to make low-risk kids suffer to protect unvaccinated adults? Come on! we got to begin to care, really care about our kids, instead of just spewing this incessant drivel that is based in no fact no facts whatsoever. So let's leave our little world around us, mine here in northwest Louisiana, yours wherever you are, Fauci wherever he is, D.C. in that area, and think about the world. Have you heard about the COVAX vaccination program? 
the COVAX vaccination program. It was founded by a bunch of governments around the world. And this organization, which is primarily charged at getting vaccines for COVID-19 in the hands of everybody around the world. And they're turning to Chinese companies for COVID-19 vaccine supplies. So founders of this program that include the Global Alliance for Vaccines and Immunization, the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations, and the WHO, World Health Organization. That's a branch of the United Nations, and you knew they would be all in in this. They made this announcement on Monday of this week. So COVAX, as it's called, formed last year, and its mission is to distribute an equitable amount of vaccines to less advantageous countries. It's been joined by 165 countries. It's a bunch of them. Currently, two companies in China produce vaccines against the virus, the Sinovac Biotech Limited and Sinopharm Group. Both have agreed to provide millions of jabs to the global vaccination effort. So according to Bloomberg, a bastion of reporting credibility, according to Bloomberg, COVAX would acquire 60 million jabs from Sinopharm between July and October, and the company is expected to supply 110 million more later on. Sinovac will offer the campaign 300 million doses. So with all that rolled in, well, there are, how many people are on Earth? <laughs> They're not getting close to getting doses out to even 20% of the people alive. The global vaccine effort has been challenged because of a shortage of available vaccines. AstraZeneca, which I don't know if you know this or not, but AstraZeneca is from India, was COVAX's leading supplier, but its distribution process has been compromised as the country was severely hit by the new wave of COVID virus. Moderna was responsible for 500 million shots to be given to COVAX, but only a small portion have been delivered so far this year. Many developing countries have already administered the brand Chinese brand vaccines, even relied solely on them in some cases. Nonetheless, their reputation has not been very promising compared to the other jabs administered here in the United States. You know, we get into that all the time, don't we? Mine is better than yours. Mine is bigger than yours. Just look, we're better, we know more, yada, 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 yada. I got to be honest with you, folks. This whole COVID-19 thing, it's being weaponized on so many fronts by so many people. And people are actually making, not just making money, on the backs of all of this disinformation that comes from COVID-19, from the experts. They're making fortunes. I mean, in the Bible, Jesus put it very plainly. Anytime you have a question, just follow the money. Follow the money. If you think something doesn't smell right and you want to know who and why, you may not find the who, but if you can follow the money, you'll find the source. And there's nothing wrong with money. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean I don't mean in any way to diminish dollars and cents. But Jesus said the love of money is the root of all evil. And so everything doesn't begin and end at money, but it always goes through money at some point. And to get, to be able to get, to be able to do, 
It all requires money. So when I hear all of these things like Fauci says, I just always look back and see where the money is. The guy's got a stake in Moderna. He does. The Gates Foundation has paid him millions of dollars. He's been on their board for years. And he espouses a whole lot of Bill Gates' ideas and philosophies on all kinds of things that have to do with medicine, especially in viruses, and especially in Bill Gates's clamor to find ways to control Earth's population. And he's vocal about it. At the root of it all, folks, follow the money. Now let's roll the calendar back just a, a little bit. You remember former Obama Administration Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius? I don't know where she's been. She's been really quiet. But yesterday she came out. She was on CNN's Out Front. And here's what she said. Americans who have not received a vaccine should not be allowed to work or have access to children and be limited on where they are allowed to go. Surprising to you? Not to me. She said, we're in a situation where we have a wildly effective vaccine. (laughs) Wildly effective? Oh my gosh. It's anything but that. But let's continue. Lots of choices, she said. Lots available, free of charge. We have folks who are just saying, I won't do it. I think that it's time to say to those folks, it's fine if you don't choose to get vaccinated. You can't go to work. You can't have access to a situation where you're going to put my grandchildren in jeopardy, where you might kill them, or you might put them in a situation where they're going to carry the virus to someone else in a high-risk position. She wasn't done. She continued, that's, I think, the point where we are. Is freedom one thing, but freedom when you harm others like secondhand smoke and issues that we've dealt with very clearly in the past You can't drive drunk. Well, they haven't dealt with secondhand smoke. Kathleen, one of my pet peeves is going into a restaurant where somebody lights it up. A lot of places have taken control of it and not allowing it. That's not the government, by the way. It's private industries. But you hadn't taken care of that. As usual, the left, they handpicked the issues that they think are important. She said, you can drink, but you can't drive drunk because you can injure other people. You can't smoke inside a public place where you can give cancer to someone else in spite of their never having been a smoker. Sebelius then added, so I think we're reaching that point in the U.S. where those of us who are vaccinated want to take off my mask. I want to be able to live my life with vaccination, and right now I'm being impinged on by people who say, I don't want to get vaccinated. It's fine. I want them to maybe have a limitation on where they can go and who they can possibly infect. She didn't even mention. You know, we need to find out how many Americans have natural immunity, how many people have the antibody, how many people were infected, didn't even know it, were asymptomatic, but their bodies beat it without getting the vaccine. I think before history is done in all this, folks, I think we're going to find out that the handling of COVID-19, the treatment of COVID-19, the measures that were used in the pandemic to lock us down 
were unnecessary. In fact, I think we're going to find out they were far more costly than they were at fixing any issue here. That's just my opinion, and that is an opinion. Don't go away. Got a couple more goodies you don't want to miss. You don't want to miss these. Sit tight. Back after this. Solving the balance of truth deficit. Dan Newman, TNN, the Truth News Network. Whether holding down the fort or bouncing back to school, childhood is always in session. So keep feeding us right with sun-made snacks, just like when you were a kid. Remember the naturally sweet raisins? Yup, still delicious. And so are Sunmate's other snacks, like creamy yogurt-covered raisins, sour raisin snacks that taste like sour candy with no added sugar, and Sunmate's new s'mores and birthday cake bites. All delicious, all made with whole fruit. Sunmade snacks. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo-hoo! Ronnie, how happy are folks who save hundreds of dollars switching to Geico? I'd say happier than a camel on Wednesday. Hump day! Get happy. Yeah! Get Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Dear Daddy, dear Mom, I love you. I miss you. Every year, Snowball Express honors the children of fallen soldiers. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Orlando. Join me in proudly supporting Snowball Express, a nonprofit that creates opportunities to help heal the children of our fallen heroes. We can never repay the sacrifice our soldiers have made, but we can honor them by giving back to their children. Donate now at SnowballExpress.org. place we can go. Hey, guess what happened to Joe this morning? Court has rejected his bid, his unconstitutional race reparations for black farmers again. Biden's legislation, which was styled the reparations program as debt forgiveness for non-white farmers. However, Chief Judge Thomas Anderson of the District Court for the Western District of Tennessee uh, issued a preliminary injunction blocking the program. It prevents the Department of Agriculture from erasing the debts of those farmers falling within the specified racial classifications, providing a payment in an amount up to 120% of the outstanding indebtedness without any consideration of need. Well, I don't know. I've got mixed feelings about it. I really do. These farmers, I think all farmers, face the same challenges and for the president of the United States to in a racist form pick just one race of people to get more federal dollars I can see why a federal court would say you can't do that you can't base it just on race and yet Joe Biden thinks he could do it and so he did it and uh, he got popped by the judge I think that's very very justified that judge did that. So what's been happening with this Senate bill, this uh, budget bill, this big infrastructure bill they're talking about over in the Senate that's been stalled? Well, this morning, Chucky Boy made an announcement 
that a $3.5 trillion reconciliation infrastructure proposal that otherwise would not make it into a bipartisan infrastructure deal has been put together. He said, we're very proud of this plan. Yeah, we know we have a long road to go. We're going to get this done for the sake of making average Americans' lives a whole lot better. So, of course, they say the bill is done. And, of course, we don't see any of the details. They never present the bill. They never walk to a podium and say, here it is, folks, and give us the bullet points of what it includes. They never do that. They never have. That's not the way you do it. You follow the Nancy Pelosi rule on Obamacare. You force it to be passed. And then when questioned by the media about why nobody in Congress, had, not one person of 535, had even read the Obamacare bill. Hadn't even read it. They voted on it. It passed with the votes of every Democrat in the House, none from Republicans in the House, and every Democrat in the Senate without a single Republican vote. And not a single one of them that voted for it had even read the bill. That's what they're trying to do here now with this $3.5 trillion bill. So here's the um, disclaimer that came out this morning. This $3.5 trillion represents a top-line budget number. It includes a bunch of self-designated socialist Senator Bernie Sanders fancies, like expanding Medicare, global warming initiatives, suburb displacement with low-income housing, subsidized housing, subsidized child care, and subsidized racial equity and environmental justice. Now, if you're a Democrat, all that sounds, oh my gosh, that is just unbelievable. It is so wonderful. But then Politico reported this, quote, formal text of the Senate's budget resolution has yet to be released. If that measure can clear both chambers with lockstep party support, it will unleash the power to circumvent a GOP filibuster using budget reconciliation, the same move the Democrats used to pass the president's $1.9 trillion pandemic aid package back in March. There's a little difference there. COVID-19 relief, even though it was full of pork and billions of dollars went to non-COVID relief issues in that $1.9 trillion and billions of taxpayer dollars were wasted and a lot of that ended up in the pockets of uh, partners of these members of Congress. Anyway, this two-track strategy of trying to pass a bipartisan infrastructure bill with the Trojan Horse Reconciliation Package, it's a, uh, a challenge for Democrats. Speaker Pelosi had said she wasn't going to support a bipartisan deal without an assurance that the reconciliation package would be successful. But her far-left House Democrats object to the bipartisan measure, leaving other Democrats who support it in a problem. Representative Jayapal, from Democrat, she's a Democrat from Washington, she stated she and her colleagues have made clear they'd vote down the bipartisan deal without that reconciliation bill. It's not just a few, she said, it's dozens. Some other House Democrats worry the reconciliation infrastructure package is going to destroy their 2022 midterm hopes. Don't even think about what it's going to do to the nation. I mean, you're shackling us in debt. You're driving up 
the cost of living. Inflation is going absolutely crazy. Folks, it's even worse than we thought. Just moments ago, prices received by U.S. businesses for goods and services rose by more than expected in June, 7.3% in June from 12 months ago, the largest demand since 12-month data was first introduced more than a decade ago. What does all that mean? That gives you understanding why you're paying a dollar a gallon more than the day Joe Biden was elected for gasoline. That's why it costs $24 minimum to buy a sheet of plywood And when Joe was elected, it was $8 a sheet. And it goes on and on and on. You can't print money or treasury bills. You can't drive up debt without at the same time driving up the cost of living for Americans. And I've I've mentioned this numerous times. Our family was a growing young family in the late 70s. In fact, our youngest daughter was born the day Jimmy Carter was elected president. Three year, four years later, three years later, interest rates in America went up over the 15% level. Can you imagine mortgaging a home today when today you can get a, a mortgage rate under 2%? People were paying 18% in 1978 and 1979 for home loans and car loans. Just imagine going into that. Already, we are on pace to go beyond that number under this president's leadership. What does that mean to Joe? Apparently, it doesn't mean squat. Joe is not the one, folks. Joe is not the one that is doing this. He is not running this administration. He is not making the decisions. He's a pawn and nothing more. If, if At best, it's a group effort, which still isn't good. At worst, it's a small plutocratic, a small plutocratic group of people in Washington that are pulling all the levers. I'm serious. And more and more of that information is going to come out, and you're going to say, we told you so. I don't want to end the day on a bad note. I don't. I want you to have a great Wednesday. Looking forward to the rest of the week and the weekend. God's got all this, folks. We're going to be fine. At the end of it, we know who wins this thing. So don't despair. You have a great day. Be happy. And I'm going to send you out of here with this song that I I love it more than most other music I listen to that's just not straight worship music. One of my favorite singers. Listen to the words of this song and tell me, tell me, be honest. Can you even listen to it without snapping your fingers or tapping your toes? And if you're at home, you might even want to get up and have a little jig. See ya. I got this feeling inside my bones. It goes electric, wavy when I turn it on. All through my city, all through my home. We're flying up, no ceiling when we in our zone I got that sunshine in my pocket Got that good soul in my feet I feel that hot blood in my body When it drops, ooh I can't take my eyes off it Moving so phenomenally Come on, like the way we rock it So don't stop And under the lights when everything goes